Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi everyone and welcome to Confessions of a Debut Novelist with me, your host, Chloe Timms. This week... I'm talking to Centre Rich about her commercial novel, Hotel 21. Centre began her career as an advertising copywriter, also writing radio plays and articles for magazines. She currently writes for TV shows in Ireland and the UK, including drama and animation for RTE, BBC and Nickelodeon, as well as international streaming services. In this episode, we discuss the differences between writing a screenplay and a novel why a first-person voice was so appealing to her, and creating hooks in your story. But first, here's Centre with an excerpt from Hotel 21. I have a first-day rule. Any sign of trouble, even a whiff of a problem, and I walk. In Hotel 13, I was gone before my first shift even started. I told my supervisor my mother had died and I had to go back to Scotland. I've never even been to Scotland, but I needed to be going far enough away that they didn't expect me to come back. It wasn't the hotel, or the way it was run, or even the other staff. The problem was the hotel had had someone like me in their midst before. I don't get nervous on first days. I used to, but I've had so many now I've had to keep a record so I don't forget. This is my 21st first day working as a hotel cleaner. So it's a significant milestone and cause for celebration, although a very private one. The flutters in my tummy are not the nerves normally associated with starting a new job. Instead, they're the flutters of excitement to get in and get going. Just give me the cleaning trolley, point me in the right direction, and I will do the best job in the world cleaning your hotel. My only hope is that I'm left alone after day one. Most establishments buddy you up for a few days as part of your induction to ensure you fully understand how they like things done in their hotel, although there really isn't much difference between one five-star and another, or even one hotel and another, whatever the star rating. The only thing that varies is the level of cleaning finish to the rooms. You better make sure you can bounce a coin on a newly made bed in a five-star. Usually my buddy-up person sees I know what I'm doing, and quickly leaves me to my own devices. It's an inconvenience to have someone follow you around all day, watching everything you do, as it means more work and often a longer day. I hate being asked to do it. Having someone looking over my shoulder disrupts my entire routine. The times I have had to supervise a new person, at the end of their first day, whether they're able or not, I tell management they're ready to go it alone. Sometimes they cope with the workload, sometimes they don't. 
but there are plenty more hotel cleaning jobs, so I don't feel guilty, or at least I try not to if they're fired. My plan today is simple. Prove myself quickly so I'm let loose tomorrow. Oh, and most important of all, make sure everyone likes me. Hi, Senator. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you on me today to discuss your debut novel, Hotel 21. Hello, Chloe. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having me on. So can you start by telling us what Hotel 21 is about? Yes, it is about a young woman called Noelle, who is a hotel cleaner, but also a kleptomaniac. But she doesn't take um, expensive things from hotel rooms. She only takes small and insignificant things that she hopes no one will notice are missing. Uh, and then she jumps from hotel to hotel, avoiding being caught until we pick her up on her 21st first day as a hotel cleaner, where she's teamed up with a group of diverse, strong women. And she sort of, they wake her up, challenge her, electrify her even, and make her think about the nomadic, lonely, isolated life that she's been leading. And maybe there is another way to live her life. But the question is, will she have the courage to do that? yeah it's to me it's such a or it becomes such a novel of a friendship and almost kind of like a a found family type of situation and I love that element to it but I would love you to tell us a little bit more about Noelle your leading lady what was your kind of starting point for creating her okay so I wasn't planning on writing a novel Chloe uh I never was because I'm I'm a screenwriter that's always my go-to I love reading loads um but I always thought I'm just a screenwriter uh and that's where I'm happiest but then I was staying in this uh small hotel in Lisbon in 2019 and I accidentally annoyed the hotel cleaner when I didn't leave my room until after lunch and she was standing outside with her trolley kind of looking a bit cross and I felt really bad when I came back later that evening my hairbrush was missing now I don't think the hotel cleaner took it now but at the time I was convinced in my writer head that she'd taken it as like a revenge lift to get back at me you know and I started thinking I was immediately thrilled really excited about this woman who took my hairbrush <laughs> and I was like why why does she do it does she do this a lot does she only take hairbrushes or does she just take small things no one will notice are missing or at least won't phone up the manager and complain about and it was going around inside my head for a couple of days and I really was getting excited about this character this woman and I was thinking about tv and screenplays and, and things and then it, I thought to myself you know she had some element of control over me that day and maybe it's because she wanted to get some con control back in her own life and when I had that idea it was two days later I sat down and wrote the first four thousand words of Hotel 21 as a book and I just I don't know I just read this little Japanese novel and there was a snippet of time in somebody's life and I thought maybe I can write it like that and I'll just do a small book because I really wanted to be her I really thought I just want to speak like her. I want to I want to go into the hotel rooms and rummage around like she does. And I just want to experience this. And all I knew was that she was going to start this job and it was her 21st one. And that at this hope at this hope hotel, she would meet somebody who would put a spanner in in the works for her routine. 
and for and and this would be her chance for change and would she take it that's all I knew when I started so why a novel then you said you had no intention of writing a novel and you sat down and wrote those four thousand words what was it to that was calling out for it to be a novel and, and not like a screenplay or something yeah well like I said I was I think to be honest trying to find the screenplay story in in that or tv pilot uh probably wasn't landing quickly enough and then I read this short Japanese book and literally picked up my notepad immediately afterwards I just thought I could just be her and write a short novel and maybe if it's short you know it won't bore anyone (laughs) so uh and I think it really was this idea of being her and being her voice uh, I was re- I really wanted to do that because the minute you start planning a screenplay, you have an idea and you really like, you know, you want to get writing, but you have to plan a lot more with screenplays. And the minute it, it, it's it's very hard to write a screenplay or a TV pilot. And the minute you do that, you have a lot of questions you have to ask and you have to work out how you're going to show this character on screen. Where do you start? How do you get the pace going how do you bring in the other characters and once you start doing that once you start thinking about that there is an element of losing sense of the character for a while and that's okay normally because you have to work the story to fit the character and sometimes there's a lot of juggling shifting around that goes on and suddenly if it's tv pilot you go well actually i think my pilot is actually episode two and episode one that i've just painstakingly written for six months is actually we don't need it or it's just a little glimmer at the beginning or something so it can get very you know you really have so many elements to think about with a screenplay or a tv pilot so many but when I sat down to write this it was just such a singular voice and the best thing about it was it wasn't a screenplay <laughs> so I just felt really liberating really liberated I mean that I was I could just be first person and I could go anywhere I wanted, tell any, tell the story however I wanted. I could have a long chapter, short chapter, you know, but I was aiming for 45,000 words. My first draft was 65,000. When I sent it out to, to the agent before she picked it up, she said to me, the first thing you've got to do is add 20,000 words. <laughs> and I went, really, you want to read another 20,000 words? This is what I, I was thinking I was delighted because I thought, well, you know, I haven't bored her, so maybe I can write a bit more, you know, because it was a new form of writing and I knew what I was writing wasn't, you know, I like first first person novels, but I wasn't really basing it on anything that I'd ever read. Mm. I was just kind of going for it, really, because I wanted to be that voice. I'll touch on the kind of differences between what you write in a bit but I just wondered as well whether this had been your first ever attempt at writing a novel yes I once wrote a short story years and years ago and it was terrible and it read like a screenplay anyway yeah it was it's never been on on my radar but the first person definitely suits me because what I didn't want to do as a writer with third person novels beautifully written descriptions and they're just stunning and I just used to think I'm just such a screenwriter I'm just going to be like the coast is long and cold you know I'm not going to write beautiful flowery language you see just not really I mean I might a bit but 
you just have to write in screenwriting, you know, you want to conjure an image in the reader's mind, but quite quickly, you know, you, you wouldn't spend, you don't put paragraphs mm. of description in screenplays, but you still got to get the same effect, you know, from the reader, uh, if, if, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So would you say that you're, I mean, like, I guess it's maybe hard to say because this is your first novel and I know you're writing a new one now, but... Would you say that your ideas for your novels and your screenplays come from different places? Because they they seem to be, just from, I guess, the technical level, quite a different process for you as a writer. So do your ideas for these different projects come from different places? Yeah, it's a really good question. So I'm just trying to think of the last TV pilot I wrote. So I have a screenwriting partner. And the last pilot that I wrote with him we had a story weekend where we had ideas about things that we wanted to do and we mixed it all up and we basically decided this was the story and we had a story this had legs this was how it 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 was going to work and we we boarded the the pilot so we put up on a big board what's going to happen how it's going to happen themes and then we're talking about it and then we go off and we write an outline then we write scene by scene and we're constantly talking and you know and all that kind of thing so that was an idea that we both wanted to write like a psychological thriller and that came from working with somebody and with the with the book as I said the idea came from this my hairbrush going missing and this woman I got became obsessed with this woman and or the idea of this woman that you know it obviously made up in my head but um and just wanting to be her voice and when I kept thinking I remember I was thinking about tv and I was thinking I can't have vo-, you know you don't do voiceover mm. unless you're like I don't know James Cameron or someone you know you know it, it just wasn't I, I I would have had to have found a way to tell that story by not being inside her head and maybe I was thinking, well, I'll write this and then the then the TV series or the film will will be clearer. It's now um, been optioned for TV and film, but that will be an adaptation of of the book. You know, mm-hmm. they want to do a streaming series, 10, 12 eps for each series that will and they'll have a showrunner and it will be their vision. So it's not going to be exactly the book. Mm-hmm. You know? Um so I'll see. So your initial starting point was getting into Noelle's head. 
And of course, as we know, she's um, a kleptomaniac. How conscious were you that you had to give what she does a real kind of backstory and a believable and authentic kind of psychological reason for her behavior? I know you've got a background in psychology yourself, but um, how conscious were you that you had to kind of build this believable backstory for her? Very. I mean, the reason I wanted to tell the story was because I had the big why. Why would somebody do this? There's obviously reasons for her doing that. And the first port of call was this idea of the dopamine fix. So we all need dopamine. Where do we get it from daily? And I was thinking about that kleptomania. But I was also like, well, she's got a different type of kleptomania. Uh, It's something she has made herself in order to deal with life whatever that is at that point and it was also a chance for me to go back to where I grew up it was a chance for me which I've never really done before to mine my inner world you know past and history and experiences and everything and just bring it all up um was you know stuff would just appear and I'd go yeah so everything in the book you could pick any page and pick a paragraph I think and I could say well that idea came from this the reason that person is in there is because I had this experience when I was 12 you know this this kind of thing so it's very much I really enjoyed that part of it not knowing what might come up next so one thing I really loved about this novel was Noelle's voice I mean I know that was what attracted you to writing her story and being in her head for so long um and she's got a real I'd say a slightly spiky narrative voice but also there's lots of good humor in it as well how did you go about getting her voice right or was it something that just kind of came to you as you started writing yeah I mean it came to me from page one um I just was was just yeah I mean you you say she's spiky what 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 do you mean by that because I think I think I know what you're talking about, but can you explain what you mean? Particularly because she can morph into whoever she needs to be for that particular hotel. And it's a case of, for me, she seemed quite kind of quick to judge people in in whatever setting she's in and quick to switch her personality. So she's got a slightly, yeah, I guess slightly spiky in the way that she uh, observes others. Yeah. Okay. So you think she's quite, you know, cut and dry. You mean? I, I mean, I think, I think particularly towards the beginning. I mean, obviously, as as we get to know her and we learn, you know, her reasons why and, um, you know, what what's behind her behaviour and her attitude. But yeah. I think to begin with, yeah, slightly spiky. Yeah. No, I really think that's good because I think in the beginning of of the book, Noelle is completely in charge. She does this all the time. Next hotel, I'm going to do this, going to do that. It's going to work. I'll try. I'm going to try and stay for more than a month here. But she seems to be or believes that she has everything under control and she's totally in charge, right? And I think that's what we get from her. It's like her confidence, her swagger. Yeah. I'm, going to do that, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. But then it doesn't. But we also know from Hotel 20 that she's waning a bit. She's starting to realise this probably isn't sustainable, a sustainable way to live. And I think she, well, once we see her challenged and she starts to, and how it unravels her, 
and how she's suddenly a little bit in no man's land. Um, you know, we start to see finally kind of the real Noelle who's been buried for so long because she just lives behind her personas. So it's not always which Noelle is she going to be now? It's who is she really? Mm. You know, it's also um, a story of I identity. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting to see her transform, particularly when at the start she can be whoever the situation requires her to be but then later like you say that slips and she finds that harder and harder to do and of course her her personality and the way she behaves changes from hotel to hotel and I wondered whether you had to I don't know go and stay at five different hotels to experience and what kind of research did you have to do to kind of make the hotels different and to make them feel like um real places that Noelle's worked yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, I'm 52 years old. I've stayed in a few hotels and all of them are just drawn from memory, very much so. So a countryside hotel, a three star. I've never been to Jersey, but I did some research on that. How you get there, where would she physically stay if she was there? It would have to be um, a hostel. Uh, she wouldn't be able to get a flat or a, or a bed sit there and um and things like that um yeah so I just needed for me as well to make sure that the hotels that I specifically talk about in the book are kind of different and have a different uh bring something out in her a different story for her different way of being and the challenges that she faces in each one with with um you know I think as well as as you were saying when we pick her up her confidence but gradually we understand why she has to be like that. This isn't really an arrogance or, a you know, it's actually if I don't do this and keep keep a hold of everything and don't rock the boat, I'm probably not going to survive. I mean, that's how serious it is for her. And I read that I think I read that you kept kind of notebooks with lists of the hotels, lists of the things she'd stolen so that when you referred back to it in the book, you could make sure for your own sake that you were kind of keeping up with that continuity. Is that right? Yeah, I made a list of the hotels, every hotel and where it was because she left London at 17 and hasn't been back since. So this is the first time and each hotel had to be far enough away for the times that she moved around. And also I wanted to keep track of when different things happened and which hotel and what time what time in her life. So I have that. Um, and then I did make I did start making lists as well of everything she took in each one of the hotels. But I got like as far as Hotel 11, I think. And I stopped because I was like, they are getting quite, especially if she's been somewhere for seven months. It's a lot of tweezers. It's a lot of it's a lot of it's a lot of um, nail clippers and stuff. And I just I just thought I'm not actually because I thought we might. The publishers had this idea that we might put in a list at the beginning of every chapter, but it was just, it wasn't, it was going to be repetitive. Mm -hmm. So instead I just picked a few key ones and sort of scattered them through, through the book at key changing moments when we go back, when, when we go back to our childhood and then we come back to the hotels, there'd just be one there. So we've talked a little bit about your writing career and how the kind of the two differ. I was wondering, I mean, 
obviously part of the element of writing is literally just sitting down and doing the work but is there anything else that you think that your kind of was your writing routine very different to how you approach screenplays I mean did you sit there and write this novel over kind of a few weeks how was what was the kind of general writing process like for you well it had to slot in with everything else that I was doing because I write nine to five and I break for lunch or 10 to six or whatever I'm doing most days as long as I can that's my that's my wish that I can just do that every day uh, but sometimes you can't as I'm sure you know so the novel had to fit into that so that it just came into my writing routine so I write I try and write 50 percent paid work and 50 percent non-paid work and uh, and this was at the time in non-paid work so it was just part of that so I was juggling that with tv pilot that I was writing with my my screenwriting partner and then I was doing my paid work as well yeah so it was just it was another project I that I that I was writing and it took me nine months to get the first draft Mm. and did you have it all planned out or was it something you just kind of wrote and then later on when you were editing you you gave it a bit more of a structure or did you already know kind of where the story was going yeah I had a rough idea like I said she starts this job she's very all she's very ordered her life to her is perfect and then it's then there's a person or some people who um challenge that and and this is her chance to change so she could have walked but this is a chance to change because she's kind of waning a bit you know it's it's a crisis moment for her so while I was writing it just and I think as well probably even though I was saying the best thing about this is you know it is a screenplay and I'm in her head um I think my instincts were probably kicking in the whole time something has to happen now so on on like the first day in the magnolia and she's with Marley and the doors open and everything's going a bit funny she's met Phil and the other girls and she's the other women and she's in the bathroom and she takes something she's never done before and she's feeling reckless because I knew her normal routine is to wait two weeks in a new place get everyone on on side before she ever takes anything and this time for some reason she takes something but I knew she had to because for the story what was I going to do for two weeks yeah (laughs) You know, it was so it, it it had to happen there and then. And it just meant that. But I knew that it would. So I knew that she was ready for that. And she was already off kilter a bit. Mm. Um, and there was something about her. She was just it's almost like she's she was ready for something big to happen or a complaint to come in and she had to leave. Yeah, it's really interesting what you say about your kind of instinct as a storyteller already and through your screenwriting. I guess you must have an idea of what makes a scene and, you know, all the things we talk about in terms of things that a novel must have in terms of, you know, an inciting incident and then this must happen and this must happen. You must already know all those parts and they're just instinctive for you now because you've written so many scripts. It must just feed into your novel writing. I th- yeah, I think I think it probably does. Uh, and also I think about hooks. You know, I would naturally think I'm coming to the end of a chapter. What's the hook? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really helpful because I think a lot of times um, some people who, who write are just thinking um, 
you know, they would know what the story is, but they're not necessarily sure how to tell it. And I think sometimes, I mean, I know I'm guilty of it, of, of spending too much time describing something or I'm not sure what's going to happen next. So I'm just kind of writing a, a filler moment, but, but you've got in your head, right, there needs to be a hook. There needs to be a moment of change. There needs to be this. I think that's really helpful to have in your head when you're writing. Yeah. And it's also, it's not that I'm sticking to rules is that I want it for myself. Mm. I'm like, if I'm going to keep writing this at the energy and pace, I need to write it at in a frenzy, in excitement, I need to keep myself excited. So I need to, so off, often, even if I'm not entirely sure how I'm going to get to the next part of, of the story, I will do something or write something that, you know, that adds tension and I might not know how I'm going to pick it up, mm. but I know that I need that there. So I suppose you, you went into part of the novel writing process with your eyes open because you knew what was expected in terms of, you know, killing your darlings and things like that. But now you are a published author. You've experienced everything um, from signing your book deal to the edits to a bit of publicity and, and things like that. Has there anything about the experience been um surprising to you or have you had any experience that you found quite challenging what's what's your kind of um publishing experience been like so far yeah well I think the publishers have handled it all very well so nothing has been like a oh I have to do this now it's all been really great really great people around so I really um I've never had so much support in my life as a writer to be honest <laughs> so that was really really nice um that was new for me you you know they're kind of um you just felt really cared about uh so that's a new thing for me because you know in screenwriting it, it's just it's just not like that <laughs> you are a professional you do your job and if you don't do your job you get fired I mean it's you know it's that kind of you know it's that kind of simple whereas this was like a nurturing you know and and I, you know, and I was like, this is so nice thinking to myself, you really don't have to worry. Like you can be, you can send me hard notes. I won't mind, you know. Um, so that that was actually really lovely. I thought that that was nice. And I think for anyone who's never written before and they have a debut novel and they've got lovely, lovely people, just really enjoy that because I, I think it's only in publishing <laughs> that 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 happens. The other thing that has surprised me is um, now that the book is published, I'm really happy it's out there and that it's with readers and readers are reading it. So it was out with people, you know, who would get the proof and things like that. But this is now out with just general, general people. And uh, that is really gives me a warm feeling. Um, I'm so happy that the story is is now available like that. And I wasn't, I didn't know, I thought I'd be terrified actually. Oh my God, the book's out there now, but actually I'm just really pleased um, that I can share it. It's kind of a sharing. I mean, that's all you want to do really. I think any author, right? Anyone, screenwriter, novelist, you know, we want to share, share our stories. So finally, and I know you have started work on, your next book so I was wondering if you could give us a little bit of a teaser about what it's about 
Okay, so it's not anything like the first book, although it definitely feels like the same author for sure. Um, so it deals with some of the same, like similar themes. It's psychological, but not in the sense that you feel like uh, it's on the nose. It's just about being human and how people work. And there's also something that really fascinates me is how we can never get to the truth about anything. We only have our per perceptions and our the way that we see the world and the stories that we make up in our heads about everything. Uh, I think that's why I enjoyed being first person so much as well, because it was really her viewpoint only. And, you know, it wasn't correct all the time, you know. Um, so that really fascinates me, this idea about what is the truth? Is it attainable? Yeah. So that, but sort of similar uh, genre um, in terms of I haven't suddenly gone off and written a crime thriller or anything like that. <laughs> Something I'd be allowed to. <laughs> So, and, and and have you kind of approached? So you said you approached it in a similar way. Um, so did you did you find that it was um, easy to kind of catch on to a new character and a new voice? Maybe not as easy as Noel, but did you find that experience um, similar in in some way? Uh, well, yeah, we were similar in the sense that I had to sit down, pick up a pen because I worked with pen and paper first, and just start writing. And that was really I had a shaky pen. I was doing this now I started writing this a uh, year and a half ago so I started writing it even before I got the book deal so uh, I just needed to know I had this idea I was really excited about it uh, I just needed to know to, you know that I could write again could write something again and I was also worried that if I didn't do it soon I might not do it so there was kind of this um, this urgency, but I applied the same kind of thoughts, thoughts to it, which was, I'm going to write this because I like it. I enjoy it. It excites me and we'll see what happens. That's the way I thought I would do it with trying to take off as much pressure from myself as possible. Mm. But now that I'm in draft, you know, my, my first book is out and I'm in draft two edits now with, with, the publisher is a very different feeling mm. you know there's a lot of pressure on there's that I, I feel the pressure not from them not from anyone it's just the way it is right it's what people talk about I mm. um so but I want to keep writing so um and then you know I have an idea for a third book that I want to write and I'm just going to have to work through it somehow and I'm going to have to get my headspace right which is just do it. It's always just do it. Keep keep to the truth of who these characters are and what the idea is. Stick to it and just keep going. That That's the only thing that I can tell myself. And mm. try not to think about the first book. There's something about a screenwriter as well. You just don't know, even if your screenplay is amazing, the likelihood of them getting made is still incredibly slim. Uh, so I'm now in this world where I've actually been published and I just have to I just have to allow myself to write freely um, if 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 that makes any sense at all. <laughs>
No, it does. It does. And I think that's a great attitude to have. And hopefully that will help you along with book two and book three and beyond. And Senta, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Oh, thank you. It's been lovely talking to you, Chloe. Thanks. That was Senta Rich talking about her commercial novel, Hotel 21, which is out now and available to buy. And if you'd like to support this podcast, debut authors and independent bookshops, you can now shop in the Confessions of a Debut Novelist bookshop hosted by bookshop.org, which I've linked down below in the show notes. If you fancy buying any of the books you've heard on this podcast, then the majority of them can be found in this bookshop. And if you can, I would really appreciate you supporting me, supporting the authors and independent bookshops by buying them through this online store. Thank you so much for listening. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Or if you've subscribed already, it'd be great if you could leave me a review. See you next time.